You're listening to a message from Hope Central in Adelaide, South Australia. If you'd like to know more about Hope Central or any of our ministries, please visit hopecentral.org.au. Excellent. Okay. I haven't preached up here since last year, so I kind of got a bit nervous thinking about I've got to come and preach up here. Well, how is that possible? But, but, I, but I did, because it wasn't to, it was last year, I think, the last time I, I preached at Unique. And uh, I just feel like God's given me a word for, for us today. And part of what I want to do is have a bit of interaction, all right? So I'm going to ask you to do some voting in a minute. And I want you to think about it and vote according to how your heart feels, all right? So I'm going to record that to see how, we, how gracious we are really are or how, unf- how forgiving we are because we are talking about God of the second chance, aren't we? And today we're going to talk about the prodigal son. But I want to just chat a few things about my life. And, you know, back in 2011, I'd been a carpet cleaner for about a year and a half, I think, or two years. And I was small time and, you know, I was still primary, still painting houses, but I started this, this carpet cleaning course up. And I did a hard floor course down at Glenelg to learn how to do hard floors. And I met a guy, he's a pommy guy, new to the industry like me, and we kind of clicked. And I kind of liked him and we sort of stayed connected post, uh, post-course and he partnered up with another guy that I knew and they were doing primarily floods together and um, he heard about this flood course in, in Melbourne and said Glenn do you want to come and do this flood course with me in Melbourne I said I'd love to so we signed up we paid the money and we flew across to Melbourne to do this flood course and we shared accommodation you know in this in this uh, in this motel and at night as we were studying, because I wanted to pass this course, right, I got the opportunity to share Jesus with him. And over a couple of nights, he actually accepted the Lord into his heart. And I said, right, what I want you to do is ring some people to let them know that you've done it. So he rang his wife and his business partner, because I wanted it to be real to him. And I thought, well, you know what, that's pretty significant that God connected me with this guy. We're similar mindset, and now he's become a Christian. Yay! It's going to be fantastic. Um, a short time later... He broke up with that first partnership and suggested, Glenn, how about you and I partner up in this venture and, you know, he can work south, I'll work north and we'll form a new company called Rapid Dry, which we did. And I said, look, I'm happy to hook up with you, but I want to do it separately. I'm going to keep my own ABN, my own tax. I just felt not to jump in holus bolus. And so that's what we did. And we did that for about 18 months. And we invested quite significantly, especially in time. His wife had twins during that time. So I had to actually carry much of the flood work for that time because he, his wife was drowning. And so we just, flood work, she was drowning. He had babies. There's a, there's a bit of uh, unintentional humor. Um, and so, so well, that was, that's how it went. And then about 18 months later, he says, Look, I really want to go and partner up with somebody else. And so we're now finished. And I went, okay. So we designed logos, set up a website, bought equipment together. Like I said, quite a significantly. And just like that, he said, we're done. And I went, interesting. So we, what we did, I thought, oh, I've got to keep sweet about this. I was pretty, I was, no, I wasn't pretty gutted. I was gutted by that. And um, 
uh, okay, okay, well, got to keep it sweet. He's a brother in Christ now. So, so we pretty much split up the gear, but between you and me, he got the best end of the deal. You know, he kept the website. He kept a lot of the customers. He got the best of the equipment. You know what? But I went, okay, maybe it's time to cleave. His new partnership lasted six months. Sorry, no. His new partnership lasted six weeks, and his partner had a nervous breakdown. That tells you probably what I was putting up with in that time. But I, you know, I purposely, after that, remained friends, and, and I held no grudges, and I forgave him. Now, he contacted me post the six weeks, them, them, um, their partnership breaking up, and he apologized, and he actually said, Glenn, I love you. you, you you're a brother, you're, you're whatever, I really love it, I'm sorry. I said, that's okay, you know, it's all good. So I thought, you know, I'm glad I kept that sweet and not, uh, not to hold any grudges. So I gave him her second chance. About three or four months later, I needed receipts for some of the equipment that I'd worked for in order that I could pay my tax properly. So I sent him an email, I rang him and I sent him an email saying, look, I need receipts for this equipment, that equipment, the other equipment, so I can pay tax on that. And he said, what equipment? Meaning, no, I'm not giving you any receipts because it benefits him not to do that. And I went, we're done. At that point, I said, you're finished. I didn't tell him that. I went, that's it. So I had the equipment independently valued, uh, and then I paid the tax on that, so I just felt sweet. But from that moment on, he was done in my life. Um, He wasn't going to get another chance. So how would you have felt with that? He had a partner. He went with his partner for a little while, and I knew he'd gone with his partner, and that, and that, that had broken up, and he came to me. Would you have given him the first chance to come with me, having had the experience that he broke up with the other one? Who would have given him the first chance? Oh, okay. Hands right up. I'm going to write this down. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. So 16. Who would have given him the second chance like I did? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Who would have given him the third chance? Oh my gosh, Grace is out. So two, two would have given him the second chance? And who like me would have given him no chance? The rest of us, right? You're done. So you are finished. So... It's interesting to see because I wondered how we would be because that's kind of what I thought. You see, we're all pretty much the same. We're gracious, but to a point. What's that saying? Um, It says something like, do me wrong once, shame on you. Do me wrong twice, shame on me. You don't get another bite of the cherry. And we have a very limited tolerance to those who do wrong by us, true? True. If someone shafts you, you go, you're done, mate. I'm not not playing that game again. Similarly, when we do wrong to others, there may be an expectation of some forgiveness initially, but you wouldn't expect them. Like if Jamie, I said to you, I used to pick Jamie up. If I said, Jamie, I'll pick you up on Tuesday night, and I didn't come the first time, he'd go, oh, Lynn didn't come. Jamie, I'll pick you up next Tuesday, no worries, yeah. And I didn't come again, he would go, oh, come on. Next Tuesday, Jamie, see you there. I'll pick you up. He would go, I'm ringing somebody else. 
that's kind of, and I would expect that. I would expect he would do that. And it's kind of like that with our relationship with God, I think. I'm speaking for myself. Knowing Jesus, we feel we can expect forgiveness, but kind of only up to a point. Bear with me. Let's, talk, let's just talk about forgiveness because I want to keep this simple because it's unique. I want us to keep this simple. John 3.16. I'm going to ask you some questions in a minute, so listen carefully. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to you? You shan't perish if you believe in Christ. What do you think, Acacia? God will always be there for you. Yes, he will. But in this one, it says, um, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Who could tell me what Jesus did for us? What did Jesus do? Come on, interaction. Tell me. In case you've had one go, someone else? Yvonne. Specifically, I want you to tell me, what what did he do? He died on the cross. Okay. So... Jesus died on the cross. What did he do on the cross? Paid for us since how did he do that? He took all the blame, all the curse, all the shame, all our sins were on him in in his crucifixion. How could he do that and not you and I? How could he do that and not you and me? Sorry? Because he was perfect. Hands up here who's perfect? Mine is coming down very quickly. Other than Robbie and myself, <laughs> we both lied right there and then, didn't we, Robbie? Okay, so none of us are perfect. So we're not qualified to take the sin. But Jesus, perfect, never sinned, was able to take the punishment. He was the only one who could pay the price because he was the only perfect sacrifice, true? And as we said, he did this through crucifixion. He took the penalty so that Jesus forgives us of our sins. True? True? How many times does he forgive us? Three times. You've been in trouble a long time ago then. So how many times does he forgive us? All right, so let's say I've got a problem problem in in an area and I commit that sin and I ask for forgiveness. And he forgives me, and then a little while later, I do it again. Sorry, Lord. Forgives me again. And then a little bit later, I do the same thing. How many times does he do that? All right, so let's look at that, shall we? My sins. As you can see, the slate is bare. But, but really, what we're going to do now is talk about our sins. Not specific. I don't want to know your secret sins, but it's... Give me some things. I'll set it off. So maybe we might lie, right? Or we may be lazy. We may not read our Bible or go to church when we should or whatever. Or maybe we may covet some stuff. It's very quiet out there. Um, steal. Take a note of that. Steal. Gossip. Any others? Sorry? (laughs) Who said that? Lust. So we'll save we'll save lust to last, all right? So there you go. So all right, so we go to God and say, Lord, here's my sins. 
oh gosh, I messed up again. I lied. I'm lazy. I don't read my Bible. Oh gosh, look at the car that he's got. I wish I had a car like that. And um, yeah, we might just, you know, not pay our taxes properly or do something and steal. Um, gossip about, oh my gosh, did you see what the, did you see what they did? I can't believe it. I'm telling you this in confidence because this is this is in confidence. But we gossip, right? And then some some of us lust. All right, so we go to God, and what does He do? He forgives us. We said, Lord, I'm sorry. Ah, please forgive me of my sins. And then we go to day two. So remember the sins already. Okay. So what do we do then? We go again. We lie. And we're lazy and we steal. What else do we have? We gossip, lust, something else we missed there, covet, and we do it all again. So what happens? We go to God and we say, what, Lord? Well, sorry, will you forgive me? So let's imagine that this goes on page after page after page. Sure, at some point you go, God, you've had enough of this. I'm not being serious. So let's just leave that there because I want to come back to that and we'll talk about that shortly. The story today is about the parable of the, of the prodigal son. It's in Luke 15, 11 through 24. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So the father divided up the property between them. Not long after this, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. Who knows what prodigal means? I didn't know. I thought it was a lost son. Prodigal means a person who spends money in a recklessly extravagant way and wasteful. Now, I need a prodigal son, Kyle. I need a dad, Jess. Yep, yep, yep. All right, so here we have this happy family. There's two sons. We won't worry about the other one now. He's a picture of the Pharisees, but we won't go down that story. So here's Kyle. He's a prodigal son. You can turn around face to face the audience. All right. He's a great son. He's worked hard. But he's getting a bit fed up. He looks over here and sees the big, wide, wonderful world and everything out there and thinks, there's got to be more for me out there. How long? Look, my dad's, my dad's old, but he's not that old. I'm going to be waiting ages till he carks it. I, I could be here forever waiting for my inheritance. So he, he, he works up a plan and he thinks, if I go to my dad and I'll ask him for my inheritance early, I'll get it now. All right, he's got lots. I should get lots that'll last me a long time. So you go to your dad and say, Dad, can I have my inheritance? Ask him. And so dad thinks about it for a few minutes, or probably a long time, and then decides, yes. So today I had kids in kids' church make me lots of dollars here, okay? So some have 100 on them, some 900, some have one. Some have all sorts of things. I don't know what they are. So, so the dad reluctantly decides to release his son and give him his share of the inheritance. So he asked for what he didn't deserve. 
He abandoned his, his family and father and he went to a distant country he didn't belong and he wasted his money. Thanks, Dad. You can sit there. Oh, sit, sit with the, the family. So, Kyle, come here, prodigal. Give me that money. It's all counted. Don't you worry. So he goes over here and he spends it recklessly. Just start giving it out. He has friends. Suddenly has a lot of friends and he gives the money out for them. He buys them drinks and he buys them things and... and um, some people have birthdays and he wants to bless them and he probably meets some girls and spends some money on them and he probably drinks and does a whole lot of things and basically wastes the money. What do you think he spent that on? What things do you think he spent it on? He, Kyle, you haven't gone through that money already. No way, Jose. All right, come over here back into, back into the nether regions. Right, so he had lots of friends there for a while, didn't he? You were very popular there for a while while that money was there. He was giving it out left, right and center. But he didn't value it because he didn't earn it. And after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. Rub your tummy because you're getting hungry there, fella. So he went out and hired him out himself out to a citizen of that country. So he went to a farmer and said, look, can I work for you? Because he longed to get some employment so he can get food, get some money, get some food. So he goes and the farmer says, all right, mate, you're a farm lad. I want you to feed these pigs. Here's some pods and some things. Go on for, but mate, I've counted these. They go to the pigs, not you, all right? So, so he's feeding the pigs left, right and center there and thinking to himself, so hungry these these pods look really good but I know he's watching me I can't you keep feeding keep feeding those pigs hey I can't eat the pods because the farmer's watching me and then he says to himself how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare and here I am starving to death rub your tummy again that's it starving to death so his money his money's run out he has to work as a servant, not as a son, and he's feeding pigs. So he says to himself, I will, set out, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your servants. So he got up and went to his father. Stay there. All right, so... Back to me and my offsider, what we thought. So here's this ungrateful so-and-so. His father's brought him up, trained him, looked after him, nurtured him, give him employment, give him a roof over his head, food to eat. It's not enough. He wants his imp- He's basically saying, Father, I, I wish you were dead so I can get my money. Give me my money now and I'm going to go and spend it. And he, he's over here, takes his dad's money and what does he do? doesn't invest it, doesn't use it sparingly, he wastes it. I don't know about you, but that would really annoy me, right? So what does the prodigal son deserve? And we're going to vote on this as well. All right. So, Dad, you can come over here, Dad. Jess, that's you, yeah. So, so let's ask Dad first. All right, Dad, your son's gone over there. He's wasted all your money. He's done nothing with his life, and now he's going to come running back, beg for mercy. What do you think? Just go back from where you came. You wanted to go there? 
Go and live there. Go and live with the pigs. Who would vote like that? You've, come, you've wasted my money. You'll come back. You go back there. Anyone? One. Yeah. I was sure there's two. Two honest people here. So two. Yes. All right. The next crowd says, okay, all right. You can come back, but you owe me. You can come back as a servant. You can come back as a servant and you can work. I'll give you a job. I'll pay you well. I'll be fair. Come and you can live, live as a servant. I'll give you really good accommodation. I'll treat you well and I'll feed you and, and I'll pay you, but I need you to pay me back what you wasted. Now that's fair. Who would do that? Hands right up, hands right up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, two bites of the cherry, nine, ten, eleven. All right. And, and I, I agree with you. You wasted my money giving me back. I say, so the third one says, all right, you messed up. You can come back and just be my son. Just back to be my son. That's all you're going to do. Who wants to let him come back, not live as a servant? Yeah, I'm a softy too. Not live as a servant, not get paid, just be my son and live normal. Hands up, who wants to do that? One, two, Three, that was quick, Christina. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Who has three goes? Ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah, I think so. All right, so. All right, so I think you're getting more gracious as we go along. Um, the birthday girl has a go at everything, so. <laughs> so all right. <laughs> yeah. All right, but what about this one? All right, so you can come back. I'm going to celebrate that you bid away and come back. I'm going to lavish on you, give you a feast, give you stuff, and I'm going to celebrate you and you can be my son and really go overboard and almost reward you for coming back. Who would do that? I wouldn't. If you had a go, you can't do this again. So tell me, who would do this one? One, two, three, four. All right. All right, so let's... Let's, okay, we've seen how gracious we are. So now let's carry on with the story and see what, what happens here. So when he was a long way off, because now he's gone, I better go back to see my dad and I better speak to him. And as he's, as he's coming back, just come, come here, Kyle. As he's walking back, he's thinking, oh, what sort of response? What sort of response am I going to get? And he's going over in his mind. He's, he's saying this. He says, Lord, Father, I have sinned against you, uh, against heaven and earth. I am no longer to be worthy to be called your son. And he's going through this in his head. He's not worthy. I've sinned. I've messed up. Um, I, I, I don't know whether I should go back. And he's saying this. So go back over there and just come walking over here. Now, the father, who's been wrong, done wrong by, come over here, Dad. No, you go back over there. Oh, back over there. Sorry. It's playing yo-yos here. You come here. You come here. All right. So the father... He's not in the house working with his servants. Where is he? He's at the gate. He's looking ahead saying, where's my son? Where's my son? Where is my son? He's messed up. I want him to come back. And he's looking. He's waiting. He's looking. He's been done wrong by. He's paid the penalty. He's paid the price. But he's looking out saying, where is my son? And as his son comes walking slowly, the father sees him and runs him, embraces him, Kisses him all over his face. No, you'd have to do that. <laughs> all right. It's probably more of a warmer embrace than that. But I get where we're coming from. And he says this. Servants, 
Bring the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his finger. Sandals on his feet. Bring the fattest goat. Let's have a feast. Kill that beast. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they all begin to celebrate. Then the son said to the father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and earth. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. I want you to sit down there. Well, to give him a big clap. Thanks, Jess. You can sit down too. The saddest part about the story, and this is the part I want us to pay attention to, is the son came back and said, because I sinned, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And that's often how we feel when we mess up because we're going to mess up time after time after time. We'll say, Lord, I am I suck. I am not worthy to be your son. God won't forgive me. So what am I going to do? I'm going to keep my distance. But where was the father? When we are at a distance, where is the father? He's not thinking, well, made your bed, lie in it. Forgiven you once, forgiven you twice, forgiven you three times. How many times have I got to forgive you before you come to your senses? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. He's waiting by the gate. He's looking, saying, where's my son? Where's my daughter? I miss them. I don't want them to be separated. I knew they're going to mess up. I don't want them to be separated. I want them to come home. And then when he sees the when the father sees the son or the daughter, he runs and embraces them. But more than that, he said, "Bring a ring, bring the sandals, bring the robe, get the fatted calf. We're going to celebrate my son or daughter's return." Now, did he deserve this? Did the son deserve it? Not one little bit, because I'm with you. I, you know, I would probably be in this lot. Certainly wouldn't be in that one. I'm a softy too. I probably would have been in that one. But in my head, I would go, go back. Go back in the bed you made for yourself. That's kind of how we feel. And that's what we think God's going to do to us. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. I remember when I did, I did um, Christian growth class many years ago, I started to teach this at Paradise. And we had to learn scriptures. And I went, oh, flipping, I'm useless at learning scriptures. And the first scripture was Ephesians 2, 8, 9, which says, It is by grace you are saved through faith, not of works, so that men may boast. And I learned it, and 30 years later I haven't forgotten it. So clearly we can learn scriptures. So Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, I'll say it again. It is by grace you have been saved through faith, not of works. It's not of your undoing. It's the gift of God. And the gift of God here in this story is the father waiting at the gate. And the father knew all about how the son messed up and still forgave him and remembered it no more. Can my three girls come out now? Remember when we talked about our sins before, where God forgave us and we sinned again and again? How can, we, how can he forgive us when we messed up? Because the sins, do you remember your sins, Leonie? I remember mine. I can't forget them. I know they're there. And I know the sins are still, because I've got them back here. The sins are all here. I remember them all. So how can God, 
How can God? Oh my gosh, there's so many. And, and day after day after day. So whoever was first and second and third, I want you to read. Oh, For I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. Hebrews 8.12 Then he added, I will remember their sins and, and their lawless, lawless deeds no more. Hebrews 10.17 I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Isaiah 43.25 All right. What was the common thread in those three scriptures? What was the common thread in those, Yvonne? What was it, sorry? He would forget our sins. I'll read it again to you. Ready? I will be merciful towards their iniquities or their sins. And listen to this. I will remember their sins no more. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. How can God forget our sins? He remembers them no more. He forgets them because he's God. He wipes them out, erases them, and they're gone. That's how he can do that. So let's, let's have a look at our sins, shall we? And we have, we have a lot of them, don't we? And we, we, we look at the, we look at the, look at the prodigal son. He's ungrateful, he's selfish, he's greedy, he's sinful, wasteful, proud. He's drunk and he has sex, sins and lies. Sounds a lot like you and me. But what does God do? We talked about forgiveness, that Jesus forgave us our sins and he did that by being the perfect sacrifice. He doesn't just forgive us of our sins. He just takes them away. Can you see that? He, they, they're not there. They are gone. They're gone completely. And what about the, so that's, that's the son's sins. But what about mine? The same thing. He just takes them away. And what have we got left? What do we have left? We have a blank sheet. And Jesus sees us, God sees us through Jesus, who was a perfect blank sheet. See, the Father knew we were going to mess up. He knows we're going to mess up. So he sent his son so he could take our place and be the perfect sacrifice. But what stops us sinning because we can? Because you can say now, well, I can sin, God will forgive me. I can sin, God will forgive me, God will sin, God will forgive me. But what did, what did the prodigal father do? What did, he, what did he do? What did he give to his son? Do you remember what he gave to his son? A ring, a robe, sandals, and a fatted calf. What does God give us? Because you see, this is what I think. So when, when the prodigal son felt like punching his arrogant brother, he went, oh, there's a ring. Okay, I won't, I won't punch my brother. Every time he thinks, I'm going, I'm leaving home, he goes to throw his backpack. Oh, oh, I've got my robe. 
Daddy gave me this robe I can't leave now. And every time he goes, you know what, I'm, I'm off, I'm going. And then he remembers the food in his belly. Then he remembers what he was like before when he had no food. And he thinks, I'm going to stay with my family. What has God given us to remind us? Who can tell me what God has given us to remind us what he's done for us? He's given us communion. Communion is the sacrament that he's given us. Anna, if you could. He's given us communion. Just like he gave the ring, the robe, the sandals, the fatted calf. He gave us communion so that when we think, you know what? I can get away with this. He reminds us of what his son did. His son shed his blood. His body was whipped. It's a reminder for you and me. And I'd like us now. I wish it was better communion, but it's communion. It's, it's, it's the principle, not the actual thing itself. To remind us what God has done. Because one, are they gone? They're gone, aren't they? they just gone. So we don't have to go, oh my goodness, I did it again. I sinned again. How can I go to church? How can I go to the Father? How can I go in all? I've got to be honest with myself. I can't, I can't lie. I suck. So I can't lie to God. He, no, I'm staying away. Or I won't pray. I won't read my Bible because it doesn't apply to me now because I failed again and again and again. No. No. Paid for in full. When God looks at you and me, what does he see? He sees a perfect blank sheet because Jesus paid the price. And just like the father saw the prodigal son who sucked and who failed and he did everything wrong, what did he do? Thanks, darling. He ran. He ran to embrace him. He didn't say, because it would have been me, I would have gone, uh-huh. Oh, yep. Yeah. All right. Yep. Yeah. Right. Come on. Come on down. Let's, let's hear what you're going to say. That would be me because I suck. But he didn't. The father was looking, was waiting, was yearning for longing for the son to come. Saw him coming from a great distance. Didn't wait for him to come. Ran, grabbed him, embraced him, celebrated. Bring the ring. Bring the robe. Bring the sandals. He's not just a son. We're going to celebrate my son. And that's what God feels about us today. So when you feel like, I can't, I failed, I've done this, remember communion. So let's take a, let's take a communion now. Do it in your own time. So Father, we are so grateful that you sent your son that paid the price completely, that his blood washes us clean from all our sin, from all our unrighteousness. And Lord, we stand before you. We don't understand it, but Lord, we stand before you cleansed and made whole because of Jesus. And Lord, we know you celebrate when we come. We know you celebrate when we come to ask for forgiveness. You celebrate us and bless us. And for that, we want to thank you. And Lord, may we be reminded daily of your goodness, so the enemy will not come in to steal our favor. The enemy will not come in to steal our joy, not come in to steal our position, and that, Lord, we can live a life victorious in you. 
And we pray this now in Jesus' name. So, if you've never given your life to Jesus, if you've never said, Jesus, I want you to come into my life, wash me clean. I don't know what you're talking about, Glenn. Come and explain to me. I want you to come and see me or come and see Ashley so we can pray for you. You've been listening to a message from Hope Central in Adelaide, South Australia. If you want more information about who we are, visit us at hopecentral.org.au or join us for Sunday worship at any of our three campuses.